You are listening to the Mimi B Podcast, a lifestyle podcast that is designed to help you transform your life and become the best version of yourself possible. On this podcast, we talk about health, personal growth, career, and pretty much everything else it takes to become the best you there is. I'm your host, Mimi Bouchard. I own the online magazine, Mimi B, and I create courses on how you can upgrade your life to the next level. Every single one of us has the ability to produce extraordinary results in our lives, and this podcast is going to help you get there. Hey guys, today I'm here with Kat Sadler. She is a three-time Emmy-winning journalist, Emmy award-winning journalist, and she's known for her work on E! Network. She hosted there for over 10 years, and she's a total girl boss. I'm so excited to have her on the show today. Welcome, Kat. How are you doing? I am so glad to be here, Mimi. Thanks for hanging out with me. Thanks for hanging out with me, although we're kind of far away from each other. I'm in Toronto. Where are you right now? I am in sunny Los Angeles this morning. Oh my gosh, I'm so jealous. You should see what Canada's like right now. It's like full on snow up to your hips. <laughs> really? Oh my goodness. You know, I was just in um I was in Banff in uh Canada over Christmas and New Year's. Um and it was so beautiful, but I know that a lot of snow for a lot of time can be uh overwhelming. So I, I feel ya. Yeah, definitely need that vitamin D more often. Um, But yeah, I'm so happy to have you on today. You have had such a successful career, and I feel like you are so inspiring. And I kind of just wanted to introduce you to my listeners, because we always like an inspiring woman on the show. Should we just start with your story and how you became such a successful journalist and TV host, how you kind of got into that whole realm? Absolutely. Sure. I would love to share a little bit about my story. I um, And thank you for saying that. Um, you know, success is relative, but that is very sweet of you. I I have been at it a long time. My story is kind of a long one, so I, I'll try to make it as brief as I can. But, you know, I grew up in the Midwest, um, in Indianapolis, Indiana, for the most part. And so where I came from, I always had an appreciation for the arts and for film and for music and for entertainment. That was my passion. I was in the plays. I was even in a all girls band in college. Like I loved performing, but I also loved people's stories. So my mom likes to say that, you know, I was always the little girl who was asking everyone questions. I was very curious about people. I was very curious about life. And to be honest, I didn't really know what career I wanted. I mean, if anything, I was a little girl who wanted to be an actress, you know, that was like the pipe dream. Um, but it wasn't until I got into college and I, I eventually after a couple years, at school at Indiana University, I decided I wanted to be a journalist because by then a lot of my, excuse me, my heroes were Katie Couric and Oprah Winfrey. I would watch the Oprah show like every single day. I lived for Oprah and I thought, wait, so this could be, you know, a profession perhaps, you know, broadcasting journalism, but also with the uh, more of a lifestyle spin to it. Um, So I did start uh, an internship in my junior year of college. I was studying broadcast journalism by then. Um, and a long story short, I, I was on television in Indianapolis before I even really graduated college. I got really lucky and was in a really small newsroom and the news director really believed in me. He saw something, you know, in me and my ability. And I was certainly very tenacious and very driven. Even then I, 
you know, would knock on his door every day and show him tapes of my, you know, pretend stand-ups and my pretend TV hosting. And he finally said, Hey, we have a, we have a slot for you. We're doing a teen segment and, and you know, you're young and, and maybe that'd be really great for our, for our audience. And so an agent actually saw me on television there at my first part-time TV job uh, in Indianapolis. And he was from New York and he, he was the first person who had said, what do you really want to do with your career? And no one had like point blank asked me that. I was just like pinching myself that I was even working at a TV station that early in my you know, time, just getting out of college. And he, he opened up a whole new world to me because I hadn't even really, I mean, I was a little girl from the farmland. I had like Hollywood seemed like literally another planet and I had never been to California. I'd never really traveled. And, and then a whole new world opened up. It was like, wait a minute, light bulb kind of went off that the possibilities were really endless. If I could, could see it and envision it. And if I could dream it, I could achieve it. I mean, it sounds very cliche, but that's kind of what Jump started my desire to get to to California and get into entertainment journalism. So I did work in local news first. Uh, I worked in San Francisco at a TV job there for the WB Network, which probably wasn't a UK thing, um, but it was you know very big here in the states. Buffy the Vampire Slayer, that kind of thing. I worked for the WB Network then on air on a 10 p.m. newscast for the first three or four years in my career. And then I had my first son. I moved back to Indianapolis. I worked um, on a local morning news show there for a couple more years. And I had accumulated almost 10 years of working every single day on air on live television. Um, So all of my 20s. And that's when I really started getting the itch because I had two kids by this point. I married my college sweetheart. I loved being on television. I loved the art of the interview. I loved telling people's stories. And by then I had gotten good enough at it. I mean, cause I was really bad at the beginning. Let me tell you, I was really, really brutal. Um, and, um, to dream even bigger. And I was like, you know, I would watch E from, you know, my living room in Indiana with my two kids. And I was like, but I, I think I could do that. Why am I not doing that? Like, I want to do that. So why am I not doing that? And I still had the same agent. And I just said, you know, what if I had a couple meetings? And what if maybe I got a couple auditions? And I did have the experience on my side at that point. Cut to about three months after that, and I had my first um, job on E, and this was back in 2006. So that's kind of the trajectory that took me from small town Indiana to E. Wow, that is so amazing. Good for you. Where did you learn all these, like, principles for success? Like, who taught you, like, you know, anything is possible. You can go get whatever you want. Just work hard and and be persistent. Well, my mother, without a doubt, has been a huge force in shaping me as a young woman. I mean, um, my she was a single mom. She she worked in and out of media herself. She started a local woman's magazine in Indiana when I was a little girl, and I would go on photo shoots with her. She was the editor of her local magazine, so she was always in communications also. Um, and she was always just very 
driven and strong and held everything down and she was beautiful and she like my mom was just this light and 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 watching her as a young girl I just you know always aspired to follow in her footsteps I mean I just that was the example that you know I was seeing every single day and and without a doubt I will never take for granted the fact that I had a mother who was my biggest cheerleader I mean she really she really was that mom who said, you can be anything, you can do anything. And so I learned a lot of my optimism from her. I I really, I know without a doubt that beyond any talent, um, there is, I think our thoughts hold so much power. And I, I know that my positive thinking and my, my confidence and my, all of that helped with, you know, obviously I had some ability and maybe some talent and I was driven, but, but I believed, I really, really did believe that there was a place for me at the table. And I remember even one of my first news directors, you know, I was in the 25th market in Indianapolis on television and I was barely 21. And he was like, you know, talking down to me. And he's like, I think you need to go to another market. This was a new guy, not the guy who gave me the, the big chance, but then he had been replaced by a new guy. And the new guy was like, yeah, yeah, you need to go to a really small market and you need to, you know, do the grind and, and, and go from, you know, start very, very small and build your way up. And at that time, I don't know what was inside of me, but I, I wouldn't accept that. I just, I had a, an innate purpose that I felt that was not in line with his advice. And so it actually fueled me to do the opposite. And um, I just kind of, you know, with the hard work, of course, I was working like literally 20 hour days at the time. Um, and with, you know, the stars aligning and everything else, I got a job then in San Francisco, which was the fourth biggest market in the United States. So um, a lot of that is just, you know, manifesting things through your beliefs. I know that sounds really corny, but it, I know that it has served me. Oh no, we talk about manifesting on this podcast all the time. It is not corny. It is so true. I completely agree with it. And that's incredible. Did you ever go through any points in time where you weren't as motivated and you kind of had like, you know, more of a downer time and you just had to lift yourself back up? That's a good question. Um, I've always been pretty motivated, but I think that comes from doing what you love, right? Like I think if I was in a job I didn't like, I would certainly get uh, bummed out a little bit or just not feel as inspired to like do my best or I wouldn't be as creative or execute as well and all of that. But the truth is I, I think because I found my path and early, um, I've always been pretty motivated, but there have certainly been difficult times, less about motivation and more just about real life. I mean, when I had my first son, I was 26 and I was living in San Francisco. I had no family around and I struggle with something. I know your audience is a little bit younger, but you know, a lot of people struggle with, do I work? Do I, when's the right time to have a baby? Can I do both? And I was really young and I, I had Austin and he was about a month old and I was, you know, due back at work within another month. And I had so much anxiety surrounding the thought of going back to my great TV job. Um, but leaving my little baby boy alone every day and paying for daycare and, you know, what that looked like. And so I had a real, that was a big crossroads for me because after a lot of soul searching, I decided to 
leave my really great gig and um, quit essentially. And I promised myself and my husband, I said, I just want one year. I'll never get this year back with my little boy. Um, And so we moved back. That's kind of why we moved back home. Um, and the day he turned one year old, I signed my next contract at my next TV job. So it's like the universe has rewarded me a couple times on just taking a leap of faith, even though it's really hard. And a lot of people are like, are you crazy? You're going to quit that job and you're going to just to be a mom. And I remember a lot of people just, that wasn't my words, by the way, but people were like, Oh, she's done. She's, she's, you know, she's leaving television just to, to go be a mom. And I was like, no, no, I am taking a year off and I will be back, you know, but a lot of us, I'm sure a lot of people listening are used to, you know, the noise of the, of, of the judgment and the criticism and how everybody else has ideas for your life. But, but only you know, inherently what is right for you. And so I guess what's been nice is I I pay a lot of attention to that. I think it's really helpful for people to get in tune with their intuition and what's underneath. Because if you can pay attention to all that, then it really does move you along and and in the right direction for you personally, both personally and professionally. Mm, Absolutely. How amazing is that? Good for you. You would never get that year back. You're so right. That's such a great way to think about things. It's like, will I, can I always get a job or, you know, be in TV again, or or am I going to regret this for the rest of my life? Just not raising my my one-year-old or my my newborn child. That's amazing. Good for you. Well, thanks. And it's just a feeling. I feel like people have to, it wasn't that I was like heroic, but I just paid attention to how I felt. Like I was having nightmares and I had so much anxiety and I just knew all those feelings were an indicator, you know, the, what was right for me personally. And so if we ignore those feelings or if we like swallow those feelings and don't pay attention, we, you know, we wake up one day and we're not happy. So I think it's just really critical to try and listen to that. And I always say the worst feeling in the world is regret. Regret is like the thing I fear most. Yeah. Um, I always kind of just yeah. want to you don't be my best wake self. Up yeah. All right. So let's talk about, um, being on camera. Cause a lot of people have anxiety about this. Not a lot of people need to do it for work, but like, were you always great at being put on the spot and keeping your cool on camera? It's such a fear for so many people. You know what's funny? I don't... I always have had butterflies associated with, like, being on camera. So it's not like it's it's just a second muscle for me at all. <clears throat> Sorry. Jeez. At all. Um I, I mean, to this day, when I am, am on camera, like I'm aware of it. I've certainly gotten way more comfortable over the years, but there's something about a camera and myself where I, it, it, there, there is just an ease about it. And I was actually just giving a, a big speech over the weekend. Um, so I, you know, I'm doing some more keynote speaking and, and live speaking today than I've done my whole career. <clears throat> and I much prefer being on camera. So maybe that's just naive, but it's like with, with it's me and it's the lens, 
I just create this little world where it's just, it's, it's safe. It's just like one little lens and me. So it's, it, that for me is much easier than going up on stage and speaking to 300 people. Even though, of course, if I think it through, you know, I was on television and have been on television and will be on television again with millions of people watching, but it's, uh, I don't know. I, the, the camera and I have always just had a real cool relationship and I, I don't know. I mean, I was little and always like videotaping myself and my friends. And we always, I don't know why I gravitated to, to video so much, but I definitely did. Um, and I always tell everyone, I mean, cause like I said, I was, I was pretty bad. I mean, my mom can show you the tapes of my first job in San Francisco. I it's, it's excruciating to watch, but I think um, experience certainly plays into that. If you do something over and over and over again, the way that, you know, you do when you were on television, like there's, you have to improve, you know, you just, with time, um, you, you figure out how to, you know, adjust, make the adjustments and get, get better. Mm, absolutely. What about live TV? Did you ever mess up in, in front of people on live TV? Cause that I feel like would be pretty horrendous, you know, for me personally, like that's something that I would be scared of. You know, I've done TV work in my past, but it's never been live. And the live thing just freaks me out. <laughs> I have really in my memory only had one really massive mess up on TV. Um, and that was at my very first full-time TV job in San Francisco when I was rather green and still learning. And um, it had to do with the teleprompter and it had to do with, you know, anyone who works in this profession knows like you never ever can rely simply on a teleprompter. You always, always print your scripts out in front of you in your hand if you're doing like a whole segment. And I was reading an entire segment on the entertainment news of the day, you know, I remember, I mean, because this was forever ago, I was reporting on the Spice Girls, as a matter of fact. No way. And it was like right before, you know, the 10 o'clock news and I was writing my scripts and delivering them. And, you know, it's deadline and everything happens really fast in a newsroom. And I ran out to get, you know, they're like, you're on in 30 seconds. And I ran out to report my whole segment. And as I was in the middle of some story on the Spice Girls, the prompter just goes totally black and I had not printed out my scripts. So I had not learned that lesson yet. And so the words were gone. And I knew like the gist of the story, um, but I had like three other stories and I blanked. I blanked and I fumbled. And I think I made very little sense to anyone who was watching. And it was humiliating. I mean, listen, nobody died. Um, I just looked like an idiot. <laughs> but I, I learned a very, very important lesson that day. I was like, you never, ever, ever. I mean, if it's something like that, I mean, listen, you have to be, you have to know a story enough and be familiar enough with the story that you can speak to it. And, and by the way, we don't always have prompters, but you know that going in, right? So you've been, you memorize or you learn, or you've got your beats in your head or whatever. But for that, I was just so green and so inexperienced that it was a very, very valuable lesson. I haven't made that mistake since. Knock on wow. That's amazing. Good for you. That is so great. Okay. So now let's turn to you and your wellness and health. I know that since I've been following you on Instagram, I can tell that you are so into your health and wellness and your yoga and your meditation. And let's be real. You've had two kids and your body is absolutely insane. Like yeah. I want your body so badly. Like you seriously look amazing. 
How do you do it? Like, what are your secrets? That's so nice of you. Thank you. I think we're all all hard on ourselves. Listen, you know, I feel like none of us ever just wake up one day and go, oh, I accept my body as it is. You know, it's always kind of like you're working or tweaking or whatnot. But the truth is, I was always so active growing up and I was a cheerleader and I was in track and I always was like, I was in softball. Like I, I was an athlete and then I did have kids and believe it or not, like most people now, you know, they're like, how quickly can I get to the gym after I have my baby? But I was the opposite. I did not even work out when my kids were young because I was so busy. I was still on TV and then, you know, I was trying to raise two kids. So when they were younger, I was the worst. Like, I don't think I had a gym membership for five years or something like that. And it wasn't until maybe the last five or six, maybe seven years where my kids got older. You know, I had my career managed at a point where I knew that I could come back to me in a way. And I was just, I didn't feel healthy. And I remember seeing a couple documentaries like Food Inc. And at the time, it was this real shift towards, you know, organic food and less and less of the bad chemicals. And I got really into what I was eating at the same time. And so I made a real shift about six or seven years ago. And now I'm so turned on to health and wellness and fitness. And my exercise is all over the place. Like there isn't just one thing I do, um, but I know what I like and what works for me personally is I love hot yoga. I, again, that's just something I've discovered in the last three or four years, because for me, that's kind of the spiritual and the physical all in one setting. So I just, I love my body is super like flexible after yoga and I sweat so much. So my skin looks great and I feel so centered and focused when I do yoga. So that's key for me. Um, I also just discovered running in the last five years because I was turning 40 and I was like, I could not even run a mile. I'm not kidding. And I, I was my best friend from college is a huge fitness guru. And she's like, listen, for your 40th, you're going to do a half marathon and I'm going to help you train. And I was like, Oh my God, I hate running. I mean, a lot of people hate running. And I was one of those people but because I so I I really incrementally, very gradually got stronger and build up my conditioning, um, I didn't hate it. I actually learned to love it. And so I've run two half marathons since then, and I was just out running this morning. I it's it's easy for me because I am so busy that I can just head out my door and take 30 minutes of my day and not have to drive anywhere. Don't have to wait for a class to start. So I do love running. And then I just do an, a, um, kind of a array of other things, you know, some, just to mix it up. Sometimes I'll do a Pilates class or sometimes I'll do the Tracy Anderson method method. She's a friend of mine and I, I still do some of her online streaming from home, um, with weights. So, and I do belong to a gym, but I tell you, I don't really go that much. So I thank you for saying that, but I, I probably only work out three times a week max, not much more. Amazing. That is so great. And uh, you say Tracy Anderson. I actually just discovered who she was like the other day and I was watching some workouts on YouTube and I was like trying them out in my in my living room and I'm like, oh my goodness, 
I have no rhythm whatsoever. I need to learn how to do this. I am not good at this. <laughs> was it hard at first? Because I feel like dance cardio and, and kind of more dancing workouts, it's really like out of a lot of people's comfort zones. I think you're right. I actually think you're right. And I, and I have heard that and I do agree. Like it takes a level of coordination to do her method because it is dance. Um, but one, if you stay with it and you can really break it down a little bit, you'll just be amazed because I, what I love about it is it doesn't feel like you're working out. Eventually, you're just dancing and 30 minutes goes by and then your body starts looking amazing and um, and you really love the benefits. But I would say stay with it for sure because, um, yeah, but dance isn't for everybody. I mean, some people love to go to Barry's boot camp and lift heavy weights and go crazy. I can't do that. I just, I, I'm a wuss. So I do like slightly, um, softer type things that just work for me or else I just won't do it. So I know what works. Mm -hmm. Totally agree. Okay. What about diet? What do you eat in a day? Like I want to know everything. For, you know, listen, I, I come and go. I'm like anybody else where I think I'm like, sometimes I'm really good. And sometimes I'm, I'm not so good. Um, you know, I have my vices. I will never, ever give up cheese. I like dairy too much. I Did love, I? you know, oh my gosh. And I have two teenage boys. So in our house, you know, if I get too healthy, they are like, mom, give us a break. We know these are like veggie tofu sausages. You know, they won't go there with me. So, um, so I really feel like I have a pretty balanced diet. And like during the week, I try to be more conscious of it. You know, sometimes I, you know, I, I've been trying lately to do more plant-based eating and more, I just feel better. You know, we just had the Oscars here. And so leading up to the Oscars, I was being really good and I do as little sugar as I can. And I just pay attention for me. It's just paying attention because I don't eat a ton. I don't, I'm not one of those people who like is worried about portion size. Like I don't overeat like three plates or whatever. So it's just about the little shifts and being aware, um, less dips and, and say no to French fries. And if I do hummus, I'll do vegetables instead of pita bread. You know, it's just those little things that all add up. And so, but I don't, I don't deny myself pizza. I love Italian food. I mean, Mexican food is another one of my favorites, like chips and guac. Like I, I, I don't deny myself that. I was just traveling home uh, this past weekend to Indiana and I ate terrible, but I don't eat too much of the terrible. Does that make sense? Totally makes sense. And I think that's actually a great, great way to live. I'm trying to incorporate more balance into my life at the moment. I feel like in the past I've been so obsessed with health and yes, it's like a big passion of mine, but I think I'm, I'm coming to the conclusion I need to become more, more balanced and, you know, chilled out with that kind of thing. Yeah. And the other thing I'd say, I, the thing I witness people do, and I don't know if it might have something to do with sugar because I know sugar can be such a catalyst for hunger. And there's a whole, I mean, I'm very fascinated with, with what sugar does to our bodies and how we're so addicted to sugar. And even with my kids who are very slim and trim, but you know, their addiction to like how much sugar they put in their bodies. Um, I do, I notice people eating when they're not even hungry. And I think that it comes from like how much sugar we're putting in our bodies. And again, I am not an expert on this subject, but <clears throat> I would just, for people who are struggling, just say, pay attention to when you eat and why you're eating. Obviously, a lot of people eat emotionally, but a lot of it, like people wake up and they're like, oh, I have to have this big breakfast. And I personally, 
some of that is just habitual, right? Because you eat or you wake up and you think, I have to go have this big meal. But you, I don't know that we do need a huge meal, do you know, just because it's morning. So, I mean, I've, I've experimented with smoothies during the day and I'm sure you've heard of like intermittent fasting and that's working for some people. But I just, I think we have to pay attention to why we're eating and what's fueling us and, and when, but everybody's so different too. So, you know, it just depends on who you are. Totally. I actually do practice intermittent fasting and more like an intuitive eating uh, Mm -hmm. kind of way. So it's like, you know, I don't have a set time where I eat every day. I just kind of don't really eat until I'm hungry, which is usually midday. So I definitely believe in that. Um, So what's next for you? What are you working on at the moment? Obviously, since you've left E, you have your own stuff going on, your YouTube podcasts coming out hopefully this month and your, uh, your blog and what else? Yeah, well, I'm my own boss now, which is incredibly liberating, um, but also a very different business model for me. You know, I've always worked for a corporation and I always had consistent paychecks and the security that goes with that. But I was also, you know, owned by somebody else. And now I have my own production company and I'm really able to pick and choose a lot more of what I'm doing. But what I have been building and which does certainly take a lot of time and energy is, you know, my website is now more than just a blog. I do um, interviews on my website. Um, My series is called Naked with Kat Sadler. So I've had some great people um, sit down with me for that. Gwyneth Paltrow, Amy Schumer, Tracy Anderson, speaking of um, these phenomenal women. And then that transitioned into pardon me, that transitioned into my podcast, um, which I have started, I started at the beginning of the year, and I've had some wonderful guests on for that. Olivia Munn uh, is on, I'm interviewing Lisa Ling tomorrow, and the concept is really naked meaning, um, really raw, vulnerable, below the surface conversations with compelling women. So they're not all going to be celebrities and they won't all necessarily be, you know, A-list actresses, but just conversations you don't typically get out of these people and very, the opposite of a clickbait, soundbite driven, short, meaningless interview. So if you are into deep conversations, I mean, we're talking about, I mean, I've, I've talked with my guests so far about emotional and physical abuse by their boyfriends. I've, and some people are opening up about, you know, infidelity with, with in their relationships. I mean, we're talking about, you know, severe depression that some of these people have suffered. They've never talked about. So it's just stories that I think my audience is going to really connect to and, and remind them that they're not alone and really see themselves in some of these stories and hopefully be some takeaways. So I'm enjoying that so much. Um, the podcast life. Um, but I'm also working on a, a handful of TV shows. I'm, I'm not uh, as much in the entertainment reporting world by choice. Um, I'm deciding to kind of deep dive into more docu-series type work. And so I have a, I'm in business with the TNT network here in the States right now, developing a show that I will host and also executive produce. That is more, I can, can't say too much until it's actually sold and on the air, but Um, it's exploration um, and lifestyle, but fun as well. And so I'm just enjoying the new, the new side of the business that I've never really gotten to get, you know, my hands into or on. Um, So that, and then yes, I have a YouTube channel who would have thought. So I please everyone who's listening, go and subscribe. I'm new to the YouTube space, but I kept hearing from my audience that, you know, they'd seen me super 
manicured on me all those years, but they wanted to kind of see the behind the scenes real life that I live with my kids and as a mom and just my day to day. So, and a lot of beauty and fashion stuff on there as well. So the YouTube channel takes time because I post, I I drop a new video every single Wednesday and um, people seem to be liking it. So I'm staying busy with all of that and just you know, like I said, trying to kind of navigate still TV hosting and what that looks like It's and be a mom. There's not enough hours in the day. Amazing. Oh my goodness. You're doing everything. That's so great. I have one more question for you. Um, I'm obsessed with morning routines and on the podcast, we talk about morning routines a lot. Um, I'm always interested to know what other people's morning routines are and how they kind of, you know, start their day by priming themselves. So my question for you is, let's say you've woken up on the wrong side of the bed one morning. Mm -hmm. What do you do that ensures that you can bounce back and have an amazing day? Mm. I love that. And I agree with you. I think the morning is so important. Um, I've been currently trying to do less of the phone first thing. I I listen to a handful of podcasts myself now, and there's a guy I've discovered by the name of Jim Quick, and he has a podcast about quick brain and the way our brain really, what we do first thing in the morning sets us on the tone for our entire day. Like there's an actual physical uh, reason for that. And so I've been trying to make my bed every morning, like first thing. This is very new to me. Um, I did not, I was not that person, but there's something about the ritual of, tidying your bed and taking the time to like create order. And it's like a proactive exercise versus, Oh my gosh, I just woke up. And like you just said, something bad could happen or my kid's sick or the, you know, the alarm's going off or a million things that could like, that we just find ourselves reacting to. So I think there's, it's really nice to carve out intention, even if it's just three minutes, it doesn't have to be 20. Um, so I've been working on that, but what is one thing I can do that would like reset my day for me? Um, you know, the yoga has helped like breathing is huge and it sounds like nothingness, but it's everything. I think our breath and like, you can, if you get so busy and so stressed and you have anxiety and you go through your day, like you don't even realize how you're breathing and how that anxious feeling, what that does to, to your overall being. And so I try to go back to the breath and be really aware of like how I'm breathing and breathe in and breathe out. And even again, if that's a minute of a reset and just closing my eyes and just again, getting with our thoughts because the noise in our head, the, the shadow beliefs about ourselves, the negativity that other people can create for us. It's like, we have to constantly combat that or, we can lose ourselves. And then before you know it, you lost your whole day and none of it was your fault, but you can get caught up. So it's kind of about creating a bit of a force field into here's how my day is going to look. Here's what I'm going to manifest. I'm going to throw out a couple cat formations and I'm going to think about positive things and really start vibrating on that frequency so that when something does happen, that's bad or unexpected, you are, you're fine. You're going to be okay. And you keep it moving. I love that. The force field. That is such a great image. I'm going to use that next time. <laughs> oh, good. Okay, good. So where can everybody find you? What's your Instagram handle? What is your YouTube account and all that jazz? Oh, thank you, Mimi. Well, um, my Instagram, I am very busy and active on stories. So at I am Kat Sadler and that's Kat with two T's. 
Um, my YouTube channel, if you just go into YouTube, you'll find me just under Kat Sadler. There's a link to my YouTube on my Instagram profile if you want to find me that way. And then my podcast is TBD, but you can always go back to my website, thecatwalk.com, because my YouTube videos are embedded and my podcast information will be embedded once we are live later this month in March. So um, yeah, just Oh, and subscribe to YouTube. See, I'm a new YouTuber. Don't forget to subscribe. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Thanks so much, Kat. No, thank you. And best of luck. I love what you're doing in your show, like you said, but just motivating and helping people. We all need all the help we can get. So I love that you're putting out a lot of light and a lot of really good information. So keep up the great work. Oh, thanks so much.